You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. Earlier, about a month ago, I was at home working, and I had a project that I was doing for work. Um, I have a Monday through Friday job that I work, and um, there was a, a system that I've had to work on, I've done it before, it's been a while since I've done it, where I've had to put this data, do this data entry into a spreadsheet, and then you have to convert the spreadsheet to a different type of file so that you can upload it to a certain database. The database will only accept a certain type of file of a spreadsheet. Uh, For those who operate in the Excel world, a CSV file specifically. And as I was trying to put the data into the spreadsheet, convert it to this other type of file, and then upload it into this database, I kept getting this email saying that the file didn't upload. I kept getting an error. And the more frustrating thing was that error message that gets sent to, to me via email, letting me know if it uploads or doesn't upload, gets sent to a bunch of people, including a lot of people on my team. So every time I tried to upload it, it got shown and plastered on the email that everybody received saying, Jeremiah Land didn't do this right. So... I started trying to figure it out. I started trying to tinker. I've done it before. I've done this process before, and it wasn't working. And then I started asking some people on my team, and they said, well, if you just do this and this, it'll work. I said, okay, well, I'll just try this, this. Oh, then I got an email that says it's not working. Okay, cool. So then I went to the only thing that has the answer, Google, and typed in Google, why is this not working? And it gave me an answer. And that answer didn't work. And I sat there in my office, and I uttered the phrase that's going to be the title of our sermon and that we'll talk about over the next couple of weeks, Why Isn't It Working? Just last week, or earlier this week, um, we have... We had at least one, we've caught him. We had a mouse in our ceiling, in our walls, I don't know, somewhere, and the bug guy, the pest guy came out, and uh, we have a a little door on the backside of our house to get to the crawl space under the house. So I heard the scratching on Monday, Tuesday, and we called the bug guy to come out, and I took the door off the bottom part of the house to kind of look underneath there to see if any critters just started running toward me and didn't see that. So I, I put the door back on the crawl space and it, it came off easy. It went on easy. So then the bug guy came and he said, well, I might have to crawl under the house. So I showed him where the crawl space was, took the door off and he says, I'll, I'll put it back on. I said, okay. So I went back inside to work on that dumb spreadsheet. And um, when I went back after he left, the door was kind of wonky. I don't know if that's a term you're aware of, but it just wasn't fitting on correctly. And Friday, it was supposed to rain. This was Thursday. So I said, I've got to get this door back on and secure so rain doesn't get under the house. I took this door off on Tuesday. I put the door back on Tuesday. I took it off on Thursday. And now this door is not going back in the place that it's supposed to. And I sat outside with my hands full of dirt as I looked at it. And said, in the most Christian terms, why is this not working? It was working before, but it's not working now. We were up here filming yesterday for the Facebook 
for the people that watch on Facebook. And my wife, as I was telling her my idea for this kind of sermon series we're going to talk about in February, she came up with this idea of a graphic to put on the screen. And she says, what if I put the error message from Microsoft and we can put the scriptures in the middle of it and we'll put the title at the top? And I said, that's a great idea. I don't know how to do that. And she said, well, let me work on it. I'll do that. So we finished filming and she made this wonderful slide where the scriptures will be showing up. And I gave her one of the wrong scriptures. So she had to alter and change a slide. And all of a sudden, the words that were showing up were size 12 font. They were white letters, so you couldn't see the scriptures. There could be a scripture there. I don't know. And just yesterday, my wife sat at that computer and yelled out the same words. Why is it not working? I said, babe, I can't wait to use this as a story for the sermon tomorrow. Why is it not working? It's a question that we've probably all asked before in regards to reading this book. That we've read this book and we see that there are words and there are scriptures and there are stories and there are promises and there are blessings and there's all these things that have been told can happen in our lives and maybe you're sitting there today in a situation, in a season, in a frustrating moment and you just as me have said before, why is this book not working? I see the promises, I see they're for me, I see the blessing, I see the new covenant, I see all of these things, but it's not working, God, and what's going on? And hopefully, over the next couple weeks, we can answer that question and get it working in your life. The scripture that I want to kind of go through and encourage you in is James chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. Hey, look, it is working. Praise God. We're already starting on the right track. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word or the seed, which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. We're going to see that there's going to be some things that we've got to let go of, that we've got to release, that we've got to forget about, that we've got to let go of, but then there's also something that we've got to receive, the implanted word. We're going to talk about the seed today, and kind of the story that we're going to talk about is going to be found in Mark chapter 4. We're going to jump around a little bit, but it's a story, it's a parable that we've all heard before. If we've been in church for, I don't know, a couple of days or you've read the Bible, you've always probably been pointed to this parable, one of the most famous parables of Jesus' speaking, the first time he ever uttered a parable. In Mark chapter 4, I'm going to read a little bit, verses 1 through 9. <clears throat> and again, he, being Jesus, began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him. So that he got into a boat and sat in on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them, the whole crowd, many things by parables and said to them in this teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. 
Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7 says, And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no crop. But other seed fell on the ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. In verse 9, And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And if you keep reading throughout the Scriptures, it says that Jesus finishes the sermon and dismisses the crowd and leaves. Now let's put ourselves... You as a congregation are actually sitting right now listening to someone preach, so it shouldn't be too far-fetched to put yourself in the position of someone in this story. Let's pretend that we are back in Jerusalem and we hear that Jesus is coming to town. We get our kids, we get our wife Mary, get our kids Samuel and David, Joshua, And we decide we're going to go see Jesus with all the rest of the crowd. And you as a man, you've got questions in your life, much like you in your own life have questions right now. Think about what they were dealing with back then. Maybe him and his wife Mary weren't getting along. Maybe his kids were frustrating, were bad, didn't listen, had gotten kicked out of school, were doing dumb stuff. Maybe he didn't like his job either. Maybe he was a carpenter, maybe he was a farmer, maybe his uncle, he just found out his uncle was a tax collector. The Romans had just taken over, they had this new government, they weren't a fan of the politics. Wait a second, these are sounding very similar to now and back then. The Romans had taken over their soldiers in their town. Somebody in his family became a tax collector, and now he's friends with the government who we hate, but he's also stealing money from me so that we can pay taxes. And he hears about Jesus. He says, I've heard about Jesus. He's raised the dead. He's healed the sick. He's laid hands on the lepers, and they've instantly been healed. The Pharisees and the Sadducees have tried to trick him and stump him, and they haven't been able to. They say that his teaching has authority like it's never been heard before. Let's go hear what Jesus has to say because I have problems and what's going on in my situation right now is not working and something has to change. And they go to this message, they go to this church service, and this is the message that they hear is let me tell you a story. And then Jesus finishes talking about the sower and the seed. And he says, he who has ears, let him hear. All right, Peter, James, and John, let's go. Let's roll up. And think of the person sitting on the front row. And that man with his wife and his kids and his whole situation, he says, Jesus, I I have ears. And I heard what you said, but I have no idea what that means. It hasn't helped me. It hasn't changed me. I don't know what to do with it. I know how to sow seed. I know what happens when the seeds don't get placed in the right ground. But Jesus, can you help me? But it doesn't say in this story that Jesus took time to explain and talk about the message that he just preached. He got done preaching and he left. So that would not be that exciting of a sermon. Y'all want to see it pass? There it goes. 
Lord be with them. Heal them right now. That these people are sitting there and they're having the same questions that you have. Lord, what does that even mean? I read your Bible, I read your word, I hear the prophetic word, I hear you talking, and I don't know what it means, and my life is still struggling, it's still in a shamble. Why isn't it working? But I want you to know that it's great that we live on this side of the cross and not on that side of the cross. Because on this side of the cross, we have a book called the Bible that we can read. And I want you to know as you read Mark chapter 4, that the story continues because we get to see the inside part of Jesus talking with the disciples. Because the disciples who have been following Jesus for a year now, they go into this house, into this place with Jesus, and they're sitting there and like, man, that was a good message. And man, there was a lot of people there and just a lot of stuff happened. Like you healed some sick and, and some good things happened. But can I ask you a question, Jesus? He said, yeah, what's that? They said, we don't understand a word you just said. We don't understand what you preached. The sower sow seed? What does that even mean? And we get to see because we have the Bible and because God is so gracious, he's not trying to hide things from you. He's trying to get things to you. He's not trying to hide the mysteries of life. He's trying to show you and solve the mysteries of life so that you can have life and more abundantly. We see in the scriptures that Jesus, the story of Jesus answering and explaining the parable of the sower is, is recorded three different times in the scriptures. In Mark chapter 4, in Luke chapter 8, and in Matthew chapter 13. For the person that was sitting in the crowd listening to Jesus speak did not have access to know what he was saying to the disciples hours later. But we, being on the other side of the cross, having access to the book, can now have the full revelation, not just one time, but three different times this story is revealed. And I believe that as we study this, we can see how to make this book, how to make these words, how to make these promises work in your life. And it starts with the seed. It starts with the seed. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 18, we have the first part of Jesus, the first story of Jesus explaining it. And he says, therefore here... He's talking to his disciples, talking to you and me. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. So how do we figure out how this thing is going to work? First, we have to hear. He already said that when he started the whole story to the, to the whole crowd. He who has ears, let him hear. It's pretty simple. How are you going to know what's in the book if you're not reading and hearing what's in the book? How do you know that God loves you? How do you know that God saved you? How do you know the purpose and the plan that God has for you if you're not hearing, reading, and actively seeing what's in the book? How can you know what seeds need to be planted inside of you to help you in your situation if you don't know what the seeds look like? If you don't know where to get the seeds? Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. In Luke chapter 8, verse 11, we have our second account of the revelation of the parable. And Jesus says in this part of the story, now the parable is this, plain and simple. The seed is the word of God. 
Just think if he would have dropped that little nugget in front of all the people. <laughs> that, would have, that would have changed, that would have helped so many people. But he's sitting there in front of the 12 and whoever else is in the house. And the very first thing he says when they recount the story in Luke is the seed is the word of God. So we can see in this parable, when we want to understand why is the Word not working, why is this not manifesting or showing up in my life, it starts with the seed. It starts with the Word of God. And it starts with your understanding and belief in the Word of God. Now he's saying here that the seed in this story is the Word of God, which means there can be different seeds there can be good seeds, there can be bad seeds, and here it's saying that there can be God seeds. If I have sickness in my body or I, I, I don't feel well in my body, I can start doing some good seeds. I can plant some good seeds just on this earth. I can decide to go run. I can decide to go lift weights. I could decide to go swim. I could decide to go exercise. I could decide to change my eating habits going to eat a little bit more greens, a little less sugar. That's a good seed that I can plant inside my life to help me with whatever sickness or illness or disease. Now, there's also bad seeds that I could plant in my life. I could choose not to go exercise and stay on the couch. I could choose to not eat healthier and eat worse, eat all the sugars, drink all the caffeines, smoke all the cigarettes, just get all the stuff that's bad for my body. It's a food dye, I want it. Those are bad seeds. And then there's God seeds. There's sickness in my body. The God seed is by Jesus' stripes I am healed. The God seed says he sent his word and it healed me of all destruction. That's a God seed. So I can do good seeds here on the earth. I can also do bad seeds and then there's God seeds. If you're having trouble in your finances, you can do good seeds. Dave Ramsey has helped thousands and thousands of people plant good seeds in regards to their finances. Get on a budget. Don't max out credit cards. Don't spend more than you have, the simple thing of finances. You can do bad seeds. Say, you know what? I'm going to spend all the money. I'm not going to pay my bills. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Those are bad seeds you can plant. And then there's God seeds. The favor of God is on my life. I have favor with God and man. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So we have different seeds that are all out there. And the first thing that I want to question and put inside of your head as we go into this week is what seed or what seeds are you sowing or allowed to be sowed into your life. Good seeds, bad seeds, God seeds. I would encourage you to do God seeds, then good seeds. Avoid, kick away the bad seeds. As your pastor, don't do bad seeds. <laughs> the wages of sin is death. You plant sin seeds, the only crop that comes up is death. The only one. But Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. What seeds are you allowing 
to be sown into your life. Where can I get God's seeds? That should be your next question. <laughs> well, I, I want some of God's seeds. I need those in my life. And we've talked about it over the last month about having a heart for his house. That the best place that you can receive God's seeds is in the house, in a good church that you're planted in. Because here, at least as long as I'm pastor, all we're going to give you is God's seeds. We are going to create encounters. We are going to create atmospheres. We are going to create opportunity for you to receive God's seeds when you're in this house. That's why we have worship, so that you can worship and hear and receive God's voice during worship, so that he can speak to you during that song. That's why we have communion. We're planting God's seeds of communion into your life. That's why we have preaching. For the most part, that's why I try and have more scripture than me just ranting and raving. My words do nothing to save you. God's word does all the saving. James chapter 1, verse 21, we talked about the scripture we're focusing on, says when you receive with meekness the implanted word, it saves your soul. The implanted word is what saves your soul, not what Jeremiah Land says and rants and raves about. That's why I want to get as much word as I can into you, as much scripture as I can into you, because that's the life-changing seed. That's why we have small groups. That's why the men meet the first Saturday of the month. That's why the women meet every Thursday. Put another encounter, another opportunity for you to only hear and only receive God's seed, because you can go out there and you can receive seeds from all over the place, even yourself. But ultimately, coming here is where you can receive God's seeds. And you can receive good seeds. There's plenty of people here with so many different backgrounds and life stories that I can come and talk with each and every one of you and know the giftings and the things that are in you when I need help just in life. Me and Mr. Jim were up in my attic yesterday as we were trying to close up an opening where we think a mouse came in. And so he was helping me close this hole up in the attic as we were both trying not to fall through. And the materials and the things that he was putting around the hole, he was like, oh, did you know that mice hate this type of material so they're not going to crawl through, they're not going to chew through, they're going to avoid it. And I thought, I didn't know that. Learn something new. Got a good seed planted as we were up in the attic. Each and every one of y'all have helped in some capacity. But when you come here at church, you can get good seeds, you can get God's seeds. And if you're going to bring in bad seeds, then there's the door. We don't want any bad seeds. Get healed. Get restored. But God wants to give you seeds. God wants to sow into your life. God's not trying to hide his seeds. He's constantly trying to get his seeds into your life to help you get to the good ground where it bears fruit. That's the goal. That's the end goal of this. Why is it not working? It's because I'm not seeing 30, 60, 100 fold bearing fruit in my life over here. So I, I want to take this seed that God gives me. I want to work it. I want to believe it. I want to remove the different things. I want to work on the soil in my life so that the end goal is I can receive 100 fold. So the, the seed 
that always works, that's always true, that doesn't change when it bears fruit in my life a hundredfold. That's the goal. It's the end goal of us talking about this. That's the end goal of everything in my life. I want to see this word, this seed, go into my life and bear fruit a hundredfold. That's what we want. That's the goal, hopefully, for each and every one of you. I, I wouldn't mind 30. 30 is good. Anything from God's good. 60, that's even better. But what about a hundredfold? Starts with God wanting to give you seeds. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. This is the very beginning. God is creating the earth. He's making the decision. God is up there by himself. Well, he's got Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. They are in one. They're up there. And he's making the decision of how to create this earth, how to make it work for humanity. And in Genesis chapter 1, this is the first chapter, verse 29. So we are early, early on into this whole thing. And God said, so God made this decision, see that I have given. There's no charge. There's nothing that you have to work for, strive for. I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. God is constantly trying to get his seed into your life so that it'll bear fruit. And it started all the way back in Genesis when he created the earth. He made the decision that something was going to be called a seed and that there was a process that you could take that little tiny seed and bring it into something that could bring food and nourishment. At a very high level, that was his thought process. How can I get food to the people so that they can be nourished? And it's the same thing that he's been doing for years and years and years. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, and the curse was placed upon the snake in Genesis chapter 3. He says that there will be division between that woman and the seed. And he says, that seed, you're going to try and bite his ankle, but he's going to crush your head, praise God. Once again, God is constantly trying to get the seed to you. And that seed is called Jesus. Over and over and over again, he's trying to get his seeds to you. Jesus talks about it. Now let's back up. The scripture that we just talked about in offering, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Do I have, yeah. Now may he, he being capitalized, being God, who supplies seed, here's more evidence. I know we talk about the seed time and harvest and all that things when it comes to giving, but it's not, it's giving is just a small fraction of what it means when it comes to the seed of what God is trying to teach us. We talk about it in giving a bunch because it is true in, in regards to giving, but there's so much more, the seed of healing, the seed of salvation, the seed of his son, the seed of the Holy Spirit, over and over and over again, God is trying to get seeds into your life. So this, yes, does apply to giving, but it can also apply to so many more things. Now, may he, being God, who supplies seed to the sower. And the parable starts with a sower went out to sow some seed. And bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase. Look, 
At the end of the parable, he talks about the seed bearing fruit in good ground, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And here he's saying that the seed is going to be multiplied 30, 60, 100 fold and increase the fruit of your righteousness. God's trying to get seed to you. John chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus shows us that he is the seed. He's talking, he's just come into, um, he's just ridden in on the donkey, the triumphal entry. He's about to go to the cross. And it says that some Greeks come to Andrew and come to the disciples and they say, hey, we want to talk to Jesus. So Andrew goes to Philip, I think. There's this whole chain of command. Philip goes to Jesus and says, hey, you see those Gentiles, those Greeks, those those non-Jews, they want to talk to you. And Jesus goes into this just crazy story. He just starts talking, and it makes no sense, once again, because they said, hey, do you want to talk to these people? And this is what Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. And Andrew and Philip and the disciples are looking at Jesus, so does that mean you don't want to talk to them, or you do? Is that your answer? I'll go tell them that. You know like how a head of grain, it falls and it dies and then it grows? That's what he said. All right, we'll see you on the other side. But what they didn't understand, what the Greeks didn't understand is what Jesus was saying. He said, pretty soon, as soon as I die... There's going to be a a bunch of mini-me's where I'm going to pull those Greeks in, I'm going to pull the Jews in, I'm going to pull the Americans in, I'm going to pull in the Asians, I'm going to pull in the Russians, I'm going to pull everybody in because when I die and I'm planted as the seed, what the devil thinks he's doing is killing me, I'm coming back and I'm coming back with everyone. It says in the scriptures in Romans chapter 8 that he is called the firstborn of many brethren. One Jesus died, and the hope of glory, the mystery has been revealed. Christ in me, the hope of glory, sprung up inside. And then God sends the seed of the Holy Spirit to us in Acts chapter 2. Do you not see that God is trying to get stuff to you to help you over and over? But it starts with the seed. Mark chapter 4, this is our third story in regards to the understanding of the parable of the sower. Mark chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. And Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? I'd be like, Jesus, we just asked you what the answer was. We didn't, of course we don't understand it. How then will you understand all the parables? You're right, Jesus. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the first one, and I'm definitely not going to get the next 500 that you give. 14 says, the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. So we've talked about how there can be multiple seeds, good, bad, and God seeds. And we need to focus on receiving and getting God seeds. And here it says the sower sows the seed. So that means that there can be different sowers. Hopefully your pastor, hey guys, me, is sowing God's seed. Your pastor can sow seeds. You can sow seeds. Life and death is in the power of your tongue, and you're going to eat the fruit of it. 
you don't like what you're eating, change what you're saying. God can sow seeds. The prophet can sow seeds. I've been talking with Andre over the last week, and we finally nailed down a date for him to come uh, in the summer months. So be looking for that. But uh, the prophet is coming to Willie Town. Praise God. The news can sow seed. We can watch news. We can read social media. We can listen to the radio. And it can sow seed. Your family can sow seed. The Holy Spirit, your boss, your spouse, people are sowing seeds. Have you ever had that person that said, well, if I was you, I would do this? Everybody's got that person at work. And if you don't have that person, it's probably you. (laughs) Let me tell you what I would do. You're doing it all wrong. You should be doing this, this, and this. And what we don't know is that we're really sowing seed in somebody's life. Let me tell you what to do. You need to do this, this, and this. Oh, okay. Got to be careful what we're telling people, what we're encouraging people. We should be encouraging people with God's seeds. Well, in my opinion, no, 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 no. This, as a pastor, it, no, please, please, I, I do not want to stand up here. My opinion, no, no, no. What's God say? What's his word say? His word is the truth. His word is the standard that we believe on. So we have to hear the right sower who's sowing the right seeds, and those seeds need to be the word of God. All of a sudden, we've taken this parable, (laughs) we just gutted it open just to start talking about the seed. Why is it not working? Why is it not working? We've got to check some things. We've got to look at some things. What seeds and what seeds have crossed in between our lives? What bad seed has started growing in my life that I didn't know was there? Who spoke things over my life that I didn't know the reason I have insecurities, the reason I have depression, the reason I'm dealing with this, the reason I'm dealing with that? Oh, there's more than likely a bad seed that we need to rip up. There's some good seed that's gone by the wayside. It's gone by, been choked out by thorns. It's been thrown on stony ground. We've got to make sure that it's God's word and it's placed in good soil so that it can bear fruit. And we've got to get rid of the thorns. We've got to get rid of the rocks in our life. And that's what we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks. It's so important. The seed is so important. The seed does not change. The seed is the word of God and it is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means if it's not working, it's not the seed's fault. There's other circumstances in our surroundings that we've got to look at. Is it the soil quality? Is there some thorns growing in my life? Is there some stony ground? And I believe over the next couple of weeks as we talk, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal it. He's, he's trying to get his seed to you to help you, to help you 30, 60, 100 fold. That's his heart. That's his job. That's what he wants to do to save your soul to come out on the other side. But there are other people who are sowing seeds. The devil sows seeds. It says in the scriptures that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Those are the seeds that he is constantly coming to sow into your life. It says that the devil is the author of confusion. He's coming to sow seeds of confusion. Well, did God really say that? We're going right back to Genesis, Adam and Eve, the same thing. Did God really say that? Does that really apply to you? 
when you read the Bible and it says that you can be set free, that there's liberty, that there's healing, that there's restoration, and all of a sudden there's that confusing thought. It says that the devil is the father of lies. So he comes to sow those bad seeds of lies. There's no way that applies to you. Does that even make sense? That's not right. That's not good. That's not for you. You're too ugly. You're too, you're too this. You're too that. The devil's coming to sow seeds. And we've got to pick out what those seeds are and get rid of them. And then when we hear God's seed, we have to receive them. The seed is the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, we know this scripture. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. James says that the seed is able to save your soul in your situation. The seed and the Word of God does not change. It says here that the Word of God, that word living in the original text means to be alive and to be quick. The Word of God is designed to be quick. You have a problem, the Word of God is designed to be quick as a sword and chop up that thing, to shave off that seed, to get rid of that situation. It also says it's powerful, it's active. The Word of God is not on the, on the bench, it's not the sixth man waiting to get in. The Word of God is not sitting on the sofa taking a nap. It says the Word of God is active. It's looking. It's ready. It's ready, to go to, it's ready to fight for you. It's ready to win for you. It's ready to attack for you. It's ready to do exactly what you say it to do. That seed is active. It's living. It's quick. And it's ready to respond to your situation. Romans 10, 17. So that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you look in your Bible, the word comes, C-O-M-E-S, is probably italicized, meaning that it wasn't there in the original text. For the sentence to make sense when they were writing it and transferring it to English, sometimes they have to put in extra words to try and make the whole sentence make sense. Sometimes the translations get them right, sometimes they don't. But those words are usually italicized. So the original text means, so then faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that word by in the original text means the point where action or motion proceeds. That's how quick the word of God is. That's how quick the seed is. That as soon as you hear and you hear the word of God, faith shows up. And where faith is, it pleases God. And when God is pleased, miracle signs and wonders happen. That's how quick the Word of God is supposed to happen. And you say, but why is it not working? The Word doesn't change. The Word's the same. There's sickness in your body, but there's people here who have been healed by the Word of God. People have been healed from something as simple as back pain all the way to cancer in this household. People who had financial problems had financial recovery. People had relationship problems, the relationships were restored. All of us were sinners. All of us, doesn't matter how good, bad, or ugly you think your sins were, you were labeled a sinner. And if you're not saved, we can talk after church and get you saved. But now you're righteous. The word works. It works. It works. You say, but it's not working in my situation. The word works. And if it worked once, it'll work again. If it worked once in your life or once in anybody else's life here, the word works. It doesn't change. It is the word. It is the seed. 
I've got two scriptures left and I'm done. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Peter is writing, having been born again, look at this, not of a corruptible seed. You once were a corruptible seed, but that corruptible seed was taken out and what was put in was an incorruptible seed to where your spirit will live for eternity in God's presence through which the Word of God, look at this, which lives and abides forever. No ifs, ands, or buts. You've got to come to a point when it starts with the understanding of why is this Bible, why is this Word, why is this thing not working? It starts with you believing the seed. The Word of God is alive, it's quick, it's powerful, it's living, and it abides forever. The Word of God worked back during Abraham's time, during Moses' time, during King David's time, during Jesus' time, during the disciples' time, during the Apostle Paul's time, it worked. We have record of that. It worked with all of these different ministers who have gone through the Great Awakening, Catherine Coleman, Shambach, Smith Wigglesworth, the Word has worked. The Word worked in your family's life. Your parents' lives, if they were in church and followed God, the Word's worked in your life, and the Word's going to continue to work once you're gone in your children's life, in your grandchildren's life, in your great-grandchildren's life. The Word is going to continue to work. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The seed always works. The seed's always true. The seed's always alive, quick, and ready to help you in your situation. The Word works and does not change based on your circumstance. But your circumstances must change when you bring the Word into it. Whenever you fall, whenever you sin, whenever you struggle, I've never ran to the Bible and seen the words change. Whenever I fall and I stumble, it says, though a righteous man falls, he gets back up. I've never seen the Scriptures change whenever I'm struggling with something. It still says... If you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. No matter what type of sickness in my body, when I go there and I have a headache or I'm dealing with something, the words don't change. It says, well, God's not healing that. It still says that by Jesus' stripes you are healed. The word does not change just because my circumstance changed. I have to believe that my circumstance is going to change because the word is consistent and it stays the same. The seed is vital to change, but it can only produce if the ground is suitable to receive the seed. You and I, we're going to have to do some things. We can pull up James chapter 21, and I'm finishing with this. We're going to have to learn to lay aside some things, lay aside some beliefs. James 1.21 says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And you might say, I don't have filthiness or I'm definitely not wicked. I'm here in church today. But you might have some filthy thinking. There might be some old beliefs that are hindering you from it working in you. There might be some things that the Holy Spirit is going to talk to you about, some things you've got to lay aside. Some old beliefs, some old teachings, some, some old understandings for the Word to work. Because the seed always works. But I might have to do some things in my life. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. So I'm going to have to learn through this next month that God's going to show me some things that I've got to lay aside. But he's also going to show me some things that I've got to receive, that I've got to pick up. 
I'm going to receive God's seed. Look with meekness. You know what that means? Humbling yourself. I don't have all the answers. What I've done up to this point, it isn't working. I need God to show me something new. I need some fresh revelation. I need some fresh understanding of what he's doing and what he's saying. So you're going to have to receive with meekness the implanted word, which means it's not just the seeds. If I, if I want to plant an apple tree and Walmart has 500 apple seeds and I never go there and buy it, or I go buy it and I leave it on my counter, I'm never going to see the fruition or the fulfillment of that tree if I leave it way over there or if I just leave it next to me. I've got to do something with that. I've got to plant that seed in. I've got to water that seed. I've got to work that seed. I've got to renew my mind. I've got to let the Word wash my... And why when it does all that? Because it's so important because the seed's able to save your soul. can't just be hearers. He tells us, if you have ears here... We've also got to be doers. Don't be deceived. The seed works. And by the end of this, we're going to see it work in your life. Amen. Let's stand up as we get ready to go. The next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the four different types of soil, where it talks about the wayside, where it talks about the seed being thrown on, so on thorns and on stones, and then we're going to finish off in the positive talking about good ground. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to show you and work on you and, in, 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 encourage you to let go of some things. You're going to see in a certain aspect of your life, you know what, there are some thorns that I didn't even know were there that were wrapped around my emotions. There were some things that I didn't forgive. There's some things that I didn't let go. And as soon as you say yes and let go of that, the seed works hundredfold. You'll see God show up. I believe you'll see God show up. And you'll be on the other side saying, I can't believe it worked. Praise God, it worked. My life has been changed. I've been free. I've seen the seed work in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your seed. Father, one, remove the bad seeds. Father, we ask for a crop failure in regards to the bad seeds. Kill off those bad seeds. Holy Spirit, show us the things that have been influencing us and sowing bad seeds into our life. We might have to quit listening to some things. We might have to quit listening to some people. We might have to shut off some things on social media. We might have to listen to some different type of music. We might have to do some things to get the seed to work and clear out the soil that we've let get hard or rocky or thorny or whatever is causing this seed not to work. And Holy Spirit, we receive your God seed. We receive what you have for us. We receive your word. We know and we believe that your seed works. It truly does save souls. It truly does save lives. It truly does change and transform. So God, give us your seed. Show us. Speak to us. Encourage us. Give us a scripture this week that we can stand on, that we can believe on. Place something inside of us that we can receive the implanted word so that it will save our soul. Father, I thank you for the people. I speak the word of God and the seed over them right now that they are blessed and highly favored. They are the head and not the tail. They are healed by Jesus' stripes. They have the mind of Christ. The favor of God surrounds them like a shield. Everything they put their hands to must prosper. They are victorious. God is on their side. The devil can go to hell. He's already been defeated. Father, I speak those God seeds over them right now. Father, I thank you for your people. Thank you that they're blessed and highly favored. That your hand is upon them. That you'll keep them safe and bring them back next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Love you. We'll see you on the other side. Thank you, family.
Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.